continue this series, A Name to God. Uh, we've been, we're going to talk today about a name maybe some of you have heard before, Jehovah Jireh. I mean, there's a lot of names of God that, you know, we might bring up, and I don't know, they don't get talked about all that much. But this one, I think, is one that uh, you, you've probably heard. Uh, you may have studied about it. Uh, you know, you may have even prayed using the name Jehovah Jireh uh, because uh, it, it's, it's calling on uh, Jehovah Jireh in a time of need for provision, right? That's usually when someone has a need. That's the name of God. Um, but so, okay, so scripture has this name of God, and we've talked before about each of these names, right, represent different attributes of God. They, they give us a different uh, look into who he is. But so since there's a name of God, Jehovah Jireh, which is like the God who provides, okay, uh, is, is this just an open invitation for us to ask God for anything? Is it just, you know, is it just an open to ask him for anything? And, but does it come with a promise he'll provide it? Anything. Anything. Yeah. What? No. Okay. Some people, no. You know? Well, okay. So what do you think, when, if God has said that's one of my names that I provide, okay, well, what is it, what do you think some of the things are that God has, like, promised that he will provide, right? I mean, that you can count on that are no, no negotiation. Our needs? Needs. Oh, as opposed to... My wants, right? Yeah, yeah. I got a lot. Of, I got a list of wants, <laughs> right? Okay, but he, our needs. What are some other things? You kind of have to think big here. In distress, he'll he'll give us peace. Okay, what else? Sorry, love. Yeah, I I think in Matthew it says uh, he'll provide our daily bread. Our daily bread. Uh, what, what does Proverbs promise he'll give us? Wisdom, if we'll ask him, says he'll give us wisdom. Okay, you know, in, in Psalm, there's a verse that says, in Psalm 8411, it says, no good thing. Well, now, there's a lot of things on my want list over my life that might not have been good things. Not good, I mean, it might have been good for you, but not good for me, right? I always joke about, you know, the red sports car. Okay, it's a good thing on my want list that God didn't give me that because I might not be here today, right? No, I mean, you know, so, I mean, there's a want list, there's a need list, but God has said there's no good thing. And, and that no good thing, I love that because there's some things in my life I've wanted, but at the time I wanted them, I was too immature to receive them because if I'd have gotten them then, they would have hurt me because I wasn't ready for them, but later on they might be okay. Does that make sense? Because, because God loves us so much, but he's promised that provision of no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So today, what we want to do is, is but I guess the thing I want us to get at is, is we don't ever want to get the idea that God's like a, a vending machine. Right? Because that's the wrong view of God. You know, this is not like I, you know, I, I like the card, you know, at the Wells Fargo. You know, I don't run my Bible in the ATM and tell God, and, you know, and I get what I want, right? But there are certain things that God has promised us that, that he'll provide. And, man, you know, I think whoever said peace, I am so thankful God is faithful to give me peace because there's times in our lives we're facing stuff that there's no pile of money big enough to solve what peace will do. Right? You know, I don't know about you, but one of the things I'm really thankful for that God gives me is I can sleep well at night. 
a good night's sleep is worth a lot. Okay? I mean, I'm thankful, and I know some people have pain, but I'm thankful that I feel well and that I can, I, I can be out, you know, I can be out and about. I'm thankful that I can be active. I mean, so we have a lot to be thankful for. Okay, but, but we want to talk about this. What is the Lord will provide? So let's uh, see where God's name uh, that we learned came from. Today our scripture is Genesis 22, 1 to 14. It's a story that probably a lot of you know, but let's read it and just see what it has for us today. Okay, so this is about Abraham. And if you know, you know, we've been through uh, Abraham's life some in the past, but, you know, this is the point in time when, you know, Abraham has promised him that God, God has promised Abraham that he's going to have a son, right? And that that son uh, is going to be with Sarah, his wife, and that through that, through Abraham and through that son, he's going to become the father of many nations, okay? So, so here we are. He, now Abraham has that son. Isaac has been born. And so here we go with chapter 22 of Genesis, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 14. So sometime later, God tested Abraham. Now, occasionally I've been in my life where people have said, does God test us, or they act like that's a bad word. And what we need to understand is Scripture says it really plain. That's translated test. I mean, that's not a, that's not a unique thing. God does test us from time to time, Okay. And that's not a bad thing, unless we'll get into why he does that in a few minutes. But let's not forget that word. It starts out by saying, God tested Abraham. Okay? And what does he say to him? He says, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance, and he says to the servants, You stay here with the donkey while the boy and I go over there, and we will worship, and then we will come back to you. Don't miss that word. We will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he carried himself the fire and the knife and the two of them go on together and Isaac spoke up and he asked his father father yes my son Abraham replied the fire and the wood are here Isaac said but where is the lamb for the burnt offering just I'm a dad just think for a minute that was a hard question man my son had looked up. It's just the two of us. And he says, Dad, we got the wood for the fire. We got the knife. We got, but Dad, we got to go give a sacrifice. Where, where is it? I mean, obviously, God had told Abraham what he was to do. Obviously, Abraham had not yet told his son. Does that make sense? Or otherwise, he wouldn't have said that. Boy, you want to talk about a moment where your faith gets tested? Where you, okay? I mean, right there is where a lot of us would cave, wouldn't we? We'd break down and cry, and we'd, I mean, we'd come up with a lot of excuses, and we'd try to think of an alternative plan because our little boy's looking us in the eye, in the face, and going, Dad, where's the, where's the sacrifice? 
Abraham already knows where it is, right? He says, but where is it? Abraham says, boy, this is faith. Abraham says, God, God himself is going to provide a lamb for the burnt offering. God himself. So they go on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built the altar and he arranged the wood. But then, because remember, God hasn't yet provided the lamb. So Abraham keeps following the direction that God had given him. Abraham bound his son, placed him on the altar, and then he reached out the knife to slay his son. But right as he's raised it up, the angel of the Lord calls from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Now, first of all, God calls you by name. He'll get your attention, for sure. Abraham says, here I am. And he says, do not lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him, because now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns, and he went over, he took the ram, and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day that on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Wow. Wow. If you remember much about Abraham's life, by this point, he's been through a few things. Okay? He's, he's lived a little bit. He's an old man. Right? And, and so he's been through a lot. He's seen a lot. And he's done a lot. And up to this point in his life, he's made some good decisions. And he's made a few really bad ones, if you recall. There were, there were moments like in Egypt when he uh, you know, said, that's not my wife. That's my sister. Okay? No, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, there's, look, most of us in our path, hopefully today we're smarter and closer to God today than we were sometime in our past, but sometimes in our past we did some pretty bad things along the way. We did some kind of dumb things. We did some things that says, God, I know what you've told me about myself, but I don't, I guess I don't trust you enough to count on you to know all the details, so I better help you by maybe not doing something that's so good here, lying a little bit, because it seems like it would protect my marriage if this woman is supposed to be the mother of the child, and all of a sudden, if, if I tell them she's my wife, they're going to kill me, so then how's your plan going to ever happen, and so I better lie. Does God ever need a lie from us to make his plans come through? No, but, but that's the kind of stuff. So he's been through some of this stuff. Okay, but, but through all that, he's learned. He's gotten some experience with God because actually God's been more faithful than he's been. I'm glad I serve a God that's even more faithful than me because there's sometimes I've dropped the ball. I'm so glad God is still waiting for me when I finally turn, come back around. Okay. But, so he, but he's learned with each of those experiences. He's built some spiritual muscle. He's seen that God doesn't, doesn't leave him, that he's there. And so whatever he's been through, he's now arrived at a place where he really trusts God. He, he's really seen that God can get him through some pretty tough things that don't look like there would be a way out. But God finds a way out. And so now he's at a place where he's ready to obey God whatever God asks him to do. 
man, that's a pretty good spot to be. I mean, it's a tough, it, it, it's a hard path to get there to, to be able to say, I'm really ready to do anything God says. Okay, because this was a pretty tough test that God gave him. I mean, one that I don't think any of us have ever faced anything that, that severe. Not that thing, but even that severe. Okay, so... You know, we just that quick review, right? So what we've seen so far in this in this passage is God tells him to go to Mount Moriah, sacrifice Isaac. The one of the points that I think is pretty important is Abraham responds quickly. He says he gets up the next morning early, gets going. Okay? At a certain point, he tells the servants, stay here, we'll go there, and we will come back to you. Let's just remember, too, it, it, we don't know exactly how old Isaac was at this point. But it would seem to make sense. He was some. He was more than thirteen, and probably seventeen, or I mean, he wasn't thirty or forty. You know, what I mean, but 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 he's like a, a a a late teenager, you know, kind of thing. Here's my point. He's not a helpless child. No, but do you understand? He's not a helpless child. Uh, Isaac could have said no. Isaac, I mean, to think how old Abraham is. Isaac could have probably overpowered his father at this point in time. And said, I'm not, I'm not participating here. So, you know, there's as much of a faith test for Isaac in a lot of ways as it was for Abraham to be obedient, to trust. God stops him at that key moment. Abraham sees a ram. He sacrifices it, and he says that on the mountain it's going to be provided. Okay, I mean, if you, if you think through this, this scripture today, this, this passage we've just read, what are there any key points that you guys could say that you know kind of observations we could make based on this about regarding the Lord's provision? What, what would you observe in in how God did things and how He provided here? Are there any any thoughts you have? Uh, obedience, obedience. Okay. Yeah. When blessing seems to follow obedience, doesn't it? Okay, so obedience came first. What other things would, would, would you notice or observe about how this all played out? Faith. Yeah. No, he meant, he, right, he said, we'll come back. I mean, he, he's with faith. Okay, what else about the Lord's provision? Boy, in the nick of time. Well, okay, but have you ever noticed a lot of things? I think that's a big deal because, you know, there's a lot of things that God has done for me, and I am, and I am very thankful for them. Very few of the, of what I'm going to call it, problems God has solved for me, okay, or needs he's met, okay, he very seldom, like, solves them, like, a week or two ahead of when I need them. But he never solves them one minute after it's too late. Okay? I think part of the test that God places us in from time to time is, is will you trust me that I will provide for you what you need by the time you actually got to have it? Now, there's a time I want it. No, you know what I mean? There, there have been some times in my life where you know, I, I, I actually was waiting for the next paycheck because I needed to buy some gas for my car. And I've had a miraculous thing with that, I'll tell you. If I haven't told you the story, I'll tell you another time. 
but but I mean like I but I was hoping my gas would last until I got the paycheck. Well, either God made the gas last or but at least I made it to the paycheck. Now I didn't nobody, you know, I never had one of these deals where I go to the mailbox and there's a couple hundred bucks in the you know. That I that didn't ha- I've heard that's happened to other people. That hadn't happened to me. Okay. But uh but but my point being you know, that's one way, but but God has never left me when I couldn't put any gas in my car. He's got me right up to fumes a few times. Over the no, you know, I mean, look, there's there's levels of this in our life, okay? And and that's not that was years ago. But I, I, all, the only thing I want us to make sure we see is that is that in when God provides, there is a promise that He will. But on his timing and according to his plan, not yours and mine. But it never is late. It never, but so let's, let's just look at that a little bit longer, okay? So I guess what I want us to look at today is, is this is actually a, a pretty important example in Scripture for about not only God providing, but like I think very practically about us and our lives about how we can count on that, how we can live in faith regarding God's provision, okay? Because what we, what we know is that when Abraham went up on Mount Moriah with Isaac, there was one thing he was apparently confident of. He was apparently confident that somehow God was going to make provision and that both he and Isaac were going to return. Now, he didn't know how, but, but he was confident. So what I want to us to look at today is then how can you and I live with confidence, that same confidence that Abraham had at that point of leaving the servants behind saying, you stay here, the boy and I will go over there, and we will come back to you. When we have that that issue, that need in our lives where we're going to need some provision from God, how can we live in that same confidence that Abraham had when you and I are in need? Well, I'd like to propose the first thing we got to do is we got to know what God has called us to do. Got to be sure of that. Know what God has called you to do. That's a big thing, isn't it? Because Abraham knew what God had called him to be, to do. God had told him that he was going to be the father of many nations. But at the time God told him that, Abraham didn't have any children. And Sarah couldn't have children. Now, Abraham also, you know, like we said, had some previous experience where he had tried to help God out and things hadn't worked real well, okay, like the thing in Egypt. But remember also on this thing about you'll be the father of many nations, Sarah couldn't have any children. And so remember, this is a little earlier in, in, in his life is where Hagar came along and there's Ishmael because Abraham and Sarah decided they better help God out by trying to, by trying to make things happen. Well, obviously, that was not the, the son that God was talking about. In fact, did you notice when God, it says when God tested him, God said, I want you to sacrifice your only son. Your only son. Because that was the son of promise. That was the son of promise. Through all these experiences, Abraham had grown in his faith. He had matured in his confidence that he could, he could trust God to fulfill his promises. Now look, and like we said earlier, Scripture certainly does not support the idea that just because I pray to Jehovah Jireh, I can, I can get a big raise or a big house or a fancy car. Okay? 
And in fact, a little more seriously, just because I pray to Jehovah Jireh doesn't mean that Jehovah Jireh is going to supply my mortgage payment if I've been unfaithful with my paycheck. Do you see what I mean? Okay, there, I mean, look, this is, you guys know this is, <laughs> this prosperity thing is not what we believe, okay? Because scripture just doesn't support it. But I got to tell you, there, there, is a, there is an important distinction, again, when we talk wants versus needs, and we talk about promises that scripture makes that we can count on God to do. And, and this, is, this is one of those things. Because when you know what you've been called to do, remember why Abraham, after all his experiences in life, could walk with confidence is that while this test he's going through where God has said, take your son and go sacrifice him, Abraham, back over here in the past, remembers that God has said, Abraham, through you and Sarah, you're going to have a son, and through that offspring, you're going to become the father of many nations. Now look, if you get that in your spirit, and then later God says, go sacrifice your son, God doesn't change his mind. God's plans don't change. So over here, it's just, well, how much do you just believe God's got ways to solve this problem? I mean, I'm, I'm going to walk it out because I, I don't see it. I, I don't have an answer that makes it all work out. But God must have, a, have something in mind, right? So Abraham has come to that point because he knows what God has called him to do. And that's why it's important for you and me. Right, Because Abraham wasn't walking off in some crazy dream world going, well, I think I'll just act however I want. No, he's acting based on what God has called him to do. And he's going to walk that out. You know, God's done this a lot of times. I mean, just think with his people. I mean, with Joseph. You know, he, he, he positioned Joseph in Egypt ahead of the famine so that when the Israelites came, they, they, they could get food. Look, God wanted them to live. So he, he moves things in advance. God prepositions resources and people in, in our lives too. That He puts them on ahead so that they're there when we need them. We can't see them now. We don't know that they're going to be there. But when we get there, there's people to help. There's people with... Does that make sense? But So, I mean, God does this kind of stuff. God wanted the people to leave Egypt. So he told Moses to lead them out. And, I mean, Moses leads him to the Red Sea, and there aren't many guys that would walk up to a body of water with a stick and tell it to part. <laughs> would they? But you would if God said, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt, and he leads you to this place, and he says, do it. There's a, there, when God, it's, but see, it's important to understand to know what God has called you to do. Because then, once you understand that, whatever comes along the way, in fact, whatever test God puts in front of you, you can be confident to keep going on with the plan. I wonder how many of our plans that God has for us, the things he's called us to do, did we forget that that call back here, and we ran into a little road bump, we ran into a little resistance, and we veer off. We can see that in Scripture, too. I think there was a whole bunch of people... That, that God said, go conquer the land, it's yours. I've already, I've already given it to you. The, it's already done, it's yours. You have to go fight for it, but it's already done. And they came back and said, it looks pretty tough. I don't think we want to do it. What happened? They veered off for 40 years. For 40 years. And they never got to go in. Because they doubted God. They, they didn't understand what they were called to do. 
So that's the first thing. Second thing we got to do, and Abraham says it really clearly in Scripture, is that you obey God's commands immediately and completely. What God tells you to do, when he tells you to do something, you just go do it. But here's the important thing. Because remember, it said God tested Abraham. God does test us, but why does he do it? You know? Yes, God tests us to see what's in our hearts. Now think of it, okay? We, I'll, I'll use money because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it makes an easy example. There's lots, okay? But, but if God gave you a bunch of money, okay, what will happen is what's in our heart, that provision of God, whatever it is, will only magnify what's already in your heart. Okay? If your heart's full of greed and God gave you a bunch of money, you'd just be more greedy. Okay? On the other hand, if God gave you a bunch of money, but your heart is full of generosity and thanksgiving to God, it'll just increase your generous actions. Does that make sense? There's... So God's tests always have the purpose of wanting to find out what's in your heart. For Abraham, God wanted to find out if his heart was as full of that trust and obedience as all these lessons he had been learning along the way had been bringing him. And now, because now God knows we're about to hit a, we're about to hit the big time now. See, I've been been testing you over here with these important but smaller things because out here, look, God, God has to prepare us for what he wants us to do because otherwise the weight of the calling could kill you. We have to build some spiritual muscle, okay? We just have to build some spiritual muscle in our life, and that takes work. That takes sweat. That takes time on your knees in prayer, and it, it takes effort. I'd, would, I'd be nice to say, oh, it's just all easy. No, spiritual work is hard work too, but it's work that God has called us to do. It taught, we've talked many times in Ephesians that God created us with stuff to do out there, right? He prepared it in advance for us to do, but it never says in Scripture that it's all easy things. It's not all an afternoon of putt-putt golf, okay? There's, there's hard there are things out there. There's people that God wants you to speak to and minister to and help and be there for. And there's family things. But, I mean, there's tests that will come along the way because out here the, the jobs get bigger. The jobs get bigger. They require more experience, more maturity, more, more muscle, or they'll crush you. So God can't take you there unless you pass some of these tests back here. And so... When, when one of those things that, that when God tested Abraham to find out if his heart was full of trust and obedience, that for Abraham, one of the ways he displayed, yes, God, I'm ready to take this test, was he got up early the next morning and got going. He got up early. He didn't, he didn't have to call a, a council of the elders and discuss it or, have, you know, send up a, a, a tweet to ask people to vote. You know, do you think this is a good idea? Abraham just knew that when God, he knew what God had called him to do. He knew now what God was saying for him to do. 
And the only thing he needed to do was just get up and obey immediately and completely. Look, when we delay in our obedience, when we go, man, surely God didn't mean that. And we start, we start sitting there and thinking about it. And we go have coffee with a friend. And we say, do you know what? I think I'm, you know, look, what will happen is that when we delay in our obedience, it gives the enemy time to start sowing seeds of doubt. We start, we're saying, that can't be what he really meant, can it? He didn't really mean that. He didn't really mean for me to go, you know, sacrifice my son. How could that possibly be? And so what we'll start to do, and the enemy will help you do this, is start to come up with some alternative meanings. Oh, well, sure, okay, that was really just a, uh, you know, uh, an allegory. It was really just a metaphor for, you know, for trying hard. Or, you know, I mean, look, the enemy will do his best to help you if you will show any willingness to delay and not obey immediately and completely. He will help you feel real comfortable sitting in your chair because he understands that that, that that moment of doubt is a lot of times all it takes for you to, for you to veer off the course and never, and never make it back. Here's the real problem. Think about it. Jesus even said this in Matthew 13, 58. I'm going to paraphrase it, but doubt hinders miracles. Remember, people in his hometown didn't believe. Couldn't do many miracles there. Listen, when you doubt God, you start to hinder. I don't understand this. I just know what Scripture says. But apparently, lack of faith keeps miracles from... Okay, so when you start doubting God that he could actually make good on this thing he told you back here to do, some of the things you may need to get you there actually require the miraculous. And I mean miraculous like... You ever seen God change somebody's mind in your life or in your family or in, in your workplace that you would have gone, there is no way this person's ever going to change? Does anybody know? I mean, okay. Okay, I mean, I've had some of those in my life where I would, you can only, you could only call it miraculous because there was, the way that person was, there was, there's just no way they were going to like wake up one morning and go, oh, I think I'll be a nice person from now on. You know, they just weren't, they just weren't going to go that way. Okay, without, without some intervention, without something from God. Okay, I mean, look, you guys can come up with your own, but do you get what I'm saying? There are th- the miraculous, yeah, sometimes a ram appears out of thin air. And those are, wow, that's cool. Okay, but I mean, a lot of times in our lives, okay, so far I haven't had a ram appear in thin air. But then again, God never asked me to sacrifice my only son either. You see what I mean? Sometimes the, 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 the magnitude of the miracle matches up with the magnitude of the test. Okay? God knows you need more, so he does a bigger thing. But sometimes it's just, can you deal with this person? Sometimes that's a pretty big test for a lot of us. Okay? But, but we don't want to doubt what God's called us to do, and we want to obey his direction immediately and completely because what we don't want to do is block the miraculous from intervening and shifting and moving and changing in ways that only he can do. So for him, you know, that meant get up early and get going. It also meant, you remember it says that he took a couple of servants along? Okay, I think it's also important to note, remember that when, when he could see the mountain, when they traveled three days, right, and they came to the point says where he could see Mount Moriah where God had told him to go to do it. So now we're like at the point of we're not traveling, we're, we're, we're like there, we're like into the deal. What does he do? He leaves the servants behind. He says, we, the son and I will go with you. Why would he leave the servants behind? I think there's a really good reason. 
Because I think Abraham knew that if he brought the servants along, and all of a sudden, then like little Isaac says, Dad, where, I, where, here's the wood and the knife, but where, where's, the, you know, where's the sacrifice? The servants might start to get worried. No, servants might inter- try to intervene, talk Abraham out of this. The ser- I mean, if the servants had been up on the mountain when Abraham raised the knife, the servants might have tackled him. No, I mean, think about it. They love this kid, right? I mean, and so there, there's, there's this thing. Sometimes you can have people in your life that are good people, well-intentioned, but if you bring them along on things that God didn't tell you to bring them along for, they could interfere. They could get well-meaning. But remember, the reason you're keeping going is because you know what God called you to do and you are obeying immediately, completely, and that's not for them. They, they, they don't know what God's called you to do. You see what I'm saying? And so you bring them and, 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 and you know, get them involved in this, and all of a sudden they, they, they reach the wrong conclusion. They make the wrong suggestion. And the enemy's very happy to help them do that because he wants, them, he wants you to veer off the plan. So Abraham left the servants behind. Look, Abraham just fully trusted God's commands. And he'd arrived at that place where he's just going to keep going. Hebrews 17, verse, uh, Hebrews 11, 17 to 19, tells us a little bit more about this. It just says that Abraham believed that if necessary, God could even raise Isaac from the dead. And we know he could, right? So, I mean, even if God had let him go through with it, he could have raised him from the dead. Matthew 19.26 reminds you and me, because with God, all things are possible. And I know we read that, and I, you know, I don't think we quite comprehend the magnitude of that verse. All things are possible. Impo- impossible things are possible. Things that can't happen can Because with God, all things are possible. Okay? God could not only raise Isaac back from the dead. God can make a lamb, a ram, appear over here in a thicket where a a moment before there wasn't one. Because obviously Abraham didn't see it before. Because if he'd seen it before, he'd have walked up and go, Oh, I see what we're doing now. Thanks, God. There's the ram, right? Isaac, help go grab the ram. Let's let's load it. You see what I mean? Obviously there was nothing there because that's why he tied him up and put him on on the altar. God's... God doesn't always answer it in our timing, but he's never too late. Never too late. Okay, with all things, God's with all things, uh, all things with God are possible. So, final thing, if we want to live with confidence in God's provision, is we need to watch for his provision. We, like, when, when we're, remember, when we're talking about the situation, when I know what God's called me to do, I'm not, this isn't me just going, oh, I'd like a, you know, a new fancy car, okay? This is, God has told me to do something, I've obeyed, and I'm on the way. God always pays for what he orders, you know? If he, if he commissions it, he's going to provide for it. And those things... There's not, that's not prosperity stuff. That's just, that's just, I mean, God, you see what I mean? If God said go, then, then I should go. But if he says go, I should also be anticipating his provision along the way. Again, may not come the way I'm expecting it, but, but it's going to come. So I should be anticipating that. 
You know what I really love about this? Because it's some really great news, I think, for all of us. When our lives are pleasing to God, when we are living for him, when we're walking with him, when, when we are living according to his word, we can come to him with any request. Now, somebody, we said earlier, can you, is it okay to bring to God any request? I would offer to you, the answer is yes. It is okay to bring God any request. Now, God can separate real well the ones that are good for me and the ones that are bad for me. There's no promise that God's going to answer all my requests, especially when my requests fall into the want category. No, okay, but but aren't you glad you serve God that when you come to him and back maybe when you were 16 and said, oh, Lord, I really like that red Corvette, you know, that God God didn't give it to you because it would have killed you, but he also didn't zap you for asking. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm, I'm really glad I serve a God that, that's smarter than me and won't let me hurt myself, but he also doesn't get mad at me for in my ignorance asking him for some things I'm not ready for. Okay, but, but at the same time, when he's told me what he wants me to do and I'm following after it, that I can walk in confidence that if he's called me to do it, that he's going to see me through. Whether I need, whether it's money or health or people or, or real, whatever it is. Philippians 4.6. This is, this is kind of where I get real comfortable with that position, okay? Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, anything, anything. So that means anything? No, okay. But in every situation, and again, that means every situation, not just the good ones, not just the good ones that are kind to talk about. It means the messy, sticky, ugly ones too. In every situation, by prayer, petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I'm really glad, I serve a God, that is okay with me coming to him no matter what situation I'm in. That means the situations that I did to myself. Maybe some of you have been in a sticky situation, and you know, it's really all your own fault. Okay, I'm really glad God didn't say, no, I only hear your request when, it's, you know, when that mean person did that to you. I've, I mean, we have those too, right? But, I'm, but some of them, my problems have been self-inflicted, okay? And I'm so glad that no matter which way it is, I can go to God and it says in any situation I can tell him. I can tell him what hurts. I can tell him what I need. I can tell him what I'm hoping for. I can tell him where, and, 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 and he's okay with letting me do that. You know, there's a, there's a, this, this is not yelling at God and this is not getting angry at God. I mean, I, if you fear God, I, you know, you don't, don't yell at God, okay? But, I, but I've sure cried out to God a few times in my life when I didn't see an answer, when I didn't see a way, okay? But we can come to him with anything. And when we believe that, we can then watch for the provision. We can anticipate that God is going to answer that prayer. Look, if I'm asking God, if I'm asking God for peace in my home, on the... On the confidence meter of prayers getting answered, where would you put that one? I'd put it pretty high. Because, because that request is, would we all say that's a consistent request with God's word? You see what I'm saying? If, if, if my marriage was rocky and I said, God, heal my marriage. Don't let my marriage fall apart. Can, can I feel like that's a prayer God would 
attend and they answer it? You see what I'm saying? If I pray for my kids, Lord, you know, my kids, you know, we raised them in the faith and now there's, somebody's wandering and, Lord, you know, your word says that if you raise a child up in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. But, Lord, I'm not seeing it right now. But, God, bring my kid back. Is that a prayer? I ought to pray in faith, believing God might actually answer that prayer. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I, there, look, there's a lot of stuff that we, that we face in our lives. And when we pray those prayers, man, I'm going to believe it. I'm just going to be saying, Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. How are you going to get this done? I don't know. Because if I knew the answer, I'd probably be trying it myself. Right? Which is, wouldn't have been a test. No, okay? Look, all through our lives, God is going gonna, is gonna to test us in big ways and small ways. He's going to see what's in our heart because what he wants to see is a growing faith. He wants to see an obedience to him. He wants to see, I mean, is, do we really think God is God? Will we treat him like God? Or do we treat him like a toy and a plaything and a convenient, when I, an ATM machine? When I need something, I go, you know, you know, run my spiritual card into the machine and tell him I need, you know, something. No, he wants to see, do you really live for me all the time, every day, any day? And when we do, you know, he, he, he tells us we can ask. I love it. He, he tells us we can ask for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, ask me. So when we face things we don't know, we can ask. We, I don't even know what to pray sometimes. I can ask God for wisdom to know what to pray. You can't beat that. I'll tell you one prayer he answered for me a long time ago. So I, I, I added it in here. Anybody ever been lonely? You ever been lonely? And I'm, and, and I'm not, now I don't think I've ever suffered depression. I, I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I have been lonely before I was married. Okay? There was a point in my life where I was living in, uh, I lived in New Orleans at that time. And I was single and, and I was away from home. It wasn't where I grew up. And, you know, I was there and I was lonely. All my friends had gotten married or were getting married. And I was like going, what about me? No, you know, what about me? Why anything? And I, and I, I very clearly remember uh, I was reading through Psalms and I came on this verse. And it's Psalm 68, verse 6. And it said, God sets the lonely in families. If you're lonely, pray for that. Claim that verse. God, God sets, sets the lonely in families. I said, God, I'm lonely. I want a family. Please. And it wasn't too long after that I moved to Minnesota. And it wasn't too long after that I met this lovely lady. And I'm not going, what an answer to prayer. Okay, but... But I knew, I knew that it couldn't be. I, I knew that God's plan wasn't for me to be like this. How could that be good? That, that's not like you, you, know, you read through his word about peace, love, and joy. Well, I didn't, you know. Okay, so I just kept following, but I, just, but I kept claiming that verse and believing it would be true for my life. So I, I just want to, I want to encourage you today, whatever it is, pray, present your request to God, and then watch for his provision. I will leave you with this. One key thing. There are times when God's provision comes. It just doesn't look like what you were expecting. No, you know, and so I just want to encourage you. 
be open. Don't, don't, don't set your mind too much that, you know, I mean, honestly, and I'm going to go back to the car thing for a minute. Okay, if you, need, if you didn't have reliable transportation and you're praying, God, please give me a, a car that I, like actually starts, you know, but you envision it to be a blue car and a green one shows up, you know, it still could be all right, right? You know, we don't, we don't want to miss it, you know, because it's an SUV instead of a sedan, right? Oh, you know, it would only be a sedan. Okay, you know, sometimes his provision just looks different. I mean, remember, in the desert, the Israelites were crying out for food. But apparently what they had in mind was the food they'd been eating back in Egypt because every time they complained, they were saying, oh, we sat around pots of meat and we ate leeks and, I, you know, oh, where is this? You know, God said, I'm going to give you food, but I'm going to give you the food of heaven. And he fed them manna. Now, they had what they needed, but it was different than they expected. Okay, and so which would you rather have? What your mind can think of or, or what God can supply? I'd rather have what God can supply because I know that'll be the, the best. It'll be the best. Okay? So just we'll just wrap this up there. So God, you know, it's okay. We tell him what we need. We we as he as he leads us, if he tells us to do something, we obey him immediately, but then we watch for his provision. Okay. Would you guys stand with me? Let's let's get ready to close today. Um, look, I know all of us have have stuff in our lives that we need God to do. There, there, there's nobody here that doesn't have a need. And is it fair? Could I just say today? Would you be ready to commit that whatever that need you have is that thing that you've been bringing to God? That today you want to say, I, God, I'm ready to completely trust you. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not testing you. We don't test God. We trust God. So if there's a need that you have that has not yet been met, would you be ready to say today that I'm ready to trust you for whatever you have for my life in that area? And Lord, and then... Lord, I'm going to listen, and I will obey immediately any direction you give me along the way. But I'm going to be watching expectantly for something to happen. If you think that would be right for you today to say that, just nobody's looking around, just lift your hand up. Say, yep, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go there. I'm ready to say, that's me. I'm ready to trust him. God, today, you have seen our hearts. You've seen our hands. You know what's in our hearts. And, Lord, today... We want to be like Abraham, God. We want to have, God, we've come through stuff. We've learned along the way. But, Lord, today we've, we want to say we, we want to have arrived at a place like Abraham where we're just going to trust you fully. Lord, we're not going to second guess. We're not going to look back. We're just going to go forward because, God, we know the things you've called us to do. We're going to stay on that path, and we're going to expectantly, Lord, watch for your provision. No doubt just thankfulness, God, for what you're going to do in our lives. So, Lord, today, Lord, we just want to be in your presence because, Lord, it did say in that verse 14 right at the end that Abraham said it's on the mountain of the Lord that it will be provided. Lord, we want to be walking with you because it's when we're with you that that provision is certain. So, Lord, we want to thank you in advance right now, God, for needs that are going to be met. 
problems that are going to be solved, relationships that are going to be healed, bodies, Lord, that are going to have your healing touch. Lord, peace of mind where there's been none, peace in families where there's been turmoil, marriages being restored, Lord, lives being filled with your joy and renewed purpose. We thank you right now, Lord, for all that you're doing in Jesus' precious and holy name.